1: Chris? I am a man of the people.
0: Yeah, I, I know that. You're very excited. I and am the
1: voice of the voicelessness. You got,
0: you got a lot of people that agreed with your rantings and ravings on the and you last can, episode. And you can't
1: handle it. And, and you can't handle no, it no, no, because no, you no, can't no.
0: Ha- I can handle it. Okay. They're, they're, right now, in my opinion, looking at what people say and how people react to the show, I believe there is a large section of the Socks in the Basement listenership that is right with you, Dave, with the... You, you basically think it's all going to just be a complete crap show the entire offseason. And then there are people like me who think you should get yourself a nice cup of hot herbal tea, maybe put like a, a heating blanket on, uh, get underneath something comfortable, sit on your couch, look out into the, uh, the sky and, and contemplate the good things that you have in life so you'd stop being so negative i I think we're split in the listeners many
1: good i have many good things in life chris i have many good things you know what one of the good things in my life isn't though chicago white Sox (laughs) offseason
0: okay all right before we get started i do want to play my call of the year this guy is awesome my call of the year that came in the socks in the basement and it's you know it starts off pretty much like any other call that we get but there's a there's a moment in there that I have now listened to it three or four times as I played it for people on my phone and now I'm going to play it for you where there's this moment where I laugh out loud and everybody that I play it for does the exact same thing remember you can always leave your comments your questions you can tell us what you think the sack should do you can spout off 708-459-8406, 708-459-8406. 708-459-8406, 708-459-8406. This came in after last week's show.
2: Guys, this is Pete from Chicago, listening to your podcast on this fine Wednesday morning, and I have to agree with Dave, not only because of the, the indisputable track record, but also a key thing to remember is comments that were made by Yvonne Nova during the corporate podcast back in August, I believe it was, where he talked about how there were players who told him not to go to the White Sox even though he was traded there. And frankly, why would a player such as Bum want to sign with the White Sox who haven't had a winning record since 2012, who don't know how to win, frankly, and are probably not going to be the top offer? If the Sox want to prove it, they need to go out and basically do a shock and awe campaign and make offers that blow the doors off, because there's a sock-suck tax that needs to be paid, where the only way they're going to get a premium talent is by paying the top dollar for that talent and not spending everyone else on that talent. And that's something that they have gone on record saying that they don't want to do. They don't want to set the market. That's the conundrum here. That's the problem. Thanks, guys. Love the
0: show. There is a socks suck tax. Thank you, Pete from Chicago.
2: Thanks, that guys. Love
1: the show. Awesome.
0: <laughs> That's okay. awesome. All right. Before you get into what you're going to get into today, because you're ready to go, you're going to love this. Let's just review a few things that have come out. The GM meetings are going on this week. Chris Zwick going to join us in just a few moments here on the program from the Baseball Writers Association of America and Yahoo Sports to talk and. Also, at the GM meetings, Kenny Williams immediately walks into a room, opens his mouth, pisses off all of White Sox dumb by saying, we're here for business as usual, well, maybe more than usual, and everybody just like, just loses it, and I was one of them like, stop talking, stop talking, and do something, stop talking. Did you see, Chris, now,
1: like, to piggyback on that, our guy James Fox, first of all, James... You're my guy now, man. You are now my spirit animal and my hero. So did you see the James Fox tweet after James that? James Fox. He's, James a, he's Fox. a White
0: Sox beat reporter, writes for many publications. Uh, he's with Future Sox. I, I think he, he's joined up in a new one recently. He he does the From the Sideline Sports. The guy's everywhere. James Fox immediately.
1: So Daryl Van Shewin, whatever, tweets that out, right? And James Fox replies, O-F-F-S. Right. And then he goes, I don't need to hear from Ken Williams until he's fitting free agents with White Sox uniforms at guaranteed rate field. For once, I'd like these guys to stop talking about how active they'll be and just get the actual work done. To which Southside Pen replies, that's, White that's another
0: that's the other publication he's writing for White like. Sox 2020. Zip it till you fit it. Right. I love it. Right. And yeah, I think everybody agrees after what happened with Machado last year and being so bombastic, telling us that they were going to go do it, sitting at SoxFest and telling everybody basically the deal's done without saying it in so many words. But they, I mean, with all the wink, wink, nod, nod stuff and all the crap they were saying to people and then, and then it dropped the ball so terribly, just shut up. After screwing up the Jack Peterson thing, which they did. They want to blame White Sox Twitter They're going to blame for us for that. Let me tell you something right now. How does White Sox Twitter get a hold of the information if one of your guys isn't walking around at SoxFest, shooting his mouth off from your front office, telling all the people that are around that have blogs and podcasts and are writers for all these publications that Jack Peterson's done deal and going to be announced before the end of the weekend. They're sure of it. That was your ship that had the leak. It wasn't White Sox Twitter. So shut up. Shut up. And have a good uh, off-season. Hashtag prove it. There are a couple of guys who have been linked to the White Sox here in just this first week. And we also, of course, are still waiting here in the next day or so while this show is out before the next show comes out. We're going to find out if Jose Abreu takes his guaranteed one-year deal, his qualifying offer, which I think he should take. But that's a lot of money. Yes. He's not going to get that in in a single year if he signs a multi-year deal. His market's going to be all dried up because the qualifying offer was attached to him by the White Sox. It'll be interesting to see what he does. But other guys that have been just, I've been kind of flipping through things. Guys that have been associated with the White Sox so far. I see a lot of Zach Wheeler buzz. I've seen that. There's also some things to say about that. There's also the really weird quote that came out or insider thing that came out. Jason Conander tweets out the White Sox are prepared to forfeit their second round pick because, of course, that would what, what you would have to do if you give out uh, a contract to a guy with a qualifying offer. And they're interested in Wheeler or Odorizzi. Those yeah. are two very different guys. One's a front end starter and one's a four. Like, th- those are very, very different guys. I hope those are not the two guys. Is like, well, if we don't get Wheeler, we want Odorizzi. No, you should be knocking on Mad Bum's door. There's about three, four other guys you could be knocking on their door before you get down to Odorizzi as the best pitcher that you're going to sign this offseason. The other guy that I keep hearing, I keep hearing Mike Moustakis now getting mentioned. <laughs> That's, you know, it's funny. He, have oh, go the, ahead. Go he ahead. had the 3.2 wins above replacement this past season. But let's not forget the season before that. He was a 0.4. That's really one of his best years ever. And I just don't get it. I've heard J.D. Martinez buzz like the Sox are still going to go out and try to trade for him. him? and That's for the same reason you don't trade from Mookie Betts. It's a one-year deal because he makes the majority of what's left in his three-year deal this year in 2020, and then he can opt out again, and you know he will as a Boris client. You'll get one year of him. Scott Boris will screw you over, and you'll have given away prospects for J.D. Martinez, and you're not ready to win the World Series in 2020. You're just looking to compete. So I've heard that one bantied about as well so those are some of the names that I'm hearing get attached to the White Sox oh Nick Castellanos my last thing before I let you jump into what you want to do today and we also have Chris, yeah, have Chris Wick on, the line, on so. okay so Nick Castellanos the White Sox supposedly very interested in making him a high priority according to several tweets that were sent out by writers during this past week we the Sox in the Basement podcast immediately responded at saying I'm not really so sure mm-hmm now, I, we've talked about and touched on it before, but I got challenged where people were like, well, prove it. Why wouldn't he hit a lot of home runs in the cell? Why, why, why would you think that the cell gives up a lot of home runs just like Wrigley? It's not about the ballpark giving up home runs. It's about the dimensions and what he likes to do. If you go and look at his spray chart, and you can see it. It's on one of our recent posts on the Sox in the Basement Twitter account at Sox in the Basement, but you can just look this up. Look at his spray chart for 2020. I went to fangraphs to find us. Then go and find the dimensions for Wrigley, for Comerica in Detroit where he started the season, and for guaranteed rate. He hits most of his home runs into the gaps in left center field and right center field. He had a lot of those go for flyouts or extra base hits, depending on what, I mean, wherever it landed in Camerica. Well, right, because Comerica is an airport. Okay, and but... They went out in Wrigley at shorter distances yes. when you look at a spray chart. So those are the Wrigley home runs. Fine. But now look at the alleys for those two ballparks and then look at the, at the rate. The rate is actually deeper in the alleys than even Comerica. Comerica is deeper than Wrigley. The rate is deeper than Comerica. He is not a 25 to 30 home run hitter if he comes and plays in the cell. If I'm wrong and they sign him and I look stupid, I will, at the end of the year, eat crow but I'm pretty sure I'm right on this one. We have joining us on the phone line this week, and it's a perfect time to have him on because one, the GM meetings are going on, and two, the Baseball Writers Association of America is doing all their voting, and he's a member. He also writes for Yahoo Sports. Chris Zwick, welcome
3: back to the program. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. I'm hoping that uh, we see some free agent activity in the next few days, uh, even though that seems unlikely, but at least we'll get some news out of the GM meetings. So at least we'll have baseball to talk about pretty soon.
0: So far as a White Sox fan, the initial news from the GM meetings is that Kenny Williams loves a microphone. He found one immediately and had to make a comment like, it's business as usual. Well, maybe more than usual. Way to put the pressure on yourself after you completely just just fell apart in the Manny Machado thing last uh, offseason and dragged your fan base for months and months through this, telling them, don't worry, we're getting him, and they didn't. And he shows up to the GM meetings, and he can't wait to shoot his mouth off. Am am I the only person that has a bad impression of him when it comes to that?
3: Well, I I think in this instance, your impression is justified. Uh, You know, I feel like especially, I mean, you you hit it on the nail, exactly. Um, After last season, just all the talk about how they're really going to go in hard for a premier free agent, which, you know, wound up being Machado uh, and then just not landing him. And, and the reports coming out about um, the structure of their offer, which was, I think, you know, maybe more than 300 million. But that was based on a lot of incentives that uh, Machado couldn't control, such as attendance. So, you know, in in the end, I, I don't I can't blame Machado for taking an offer that he thought uh, was maybe more realistic that he'd get you know the full amount uh, and not have to depend on that type of thing and And I think for a team like the White Sox, especially last year and and still going into this year, if they're going to go after a free agent of that caliber, which I'm not sure there really are many out there, maybe you could say there's one or two out there this year, you almost have to overpay at this point because you're not a premier destination and the promise you're making to a free agent is that things are going to get better because you have a young core. And while the Sox do have a young, promising core, that of course is not guaranteed. So I think that's the kind of the situation there, and is that they they really have to go above and beyond um, with guaranteed money if they want to bring in somebody elite.
0: Chris, you I mean you're writing for Yahoo Sports. You're you're a BBWAA member. Uh, You've seen some off seasons and you have a more nationals perspective with this early stage of free agency. Should a white Sox fan be concerned when he sees a report that a guy like, I don't know, let's, let's just use a comparison. You got a Madison Bumgarner and a Zach Wheeler, these are two guys that you could argue the Sox, if they didn't get one, should at least be kicking the tires on the other one because there's a certain, there's different tiers. There's about three, four guys in this tier and three, four guys in this tier. And when you see, them zeroed in on one guy, but you haven't heard about them even talking to the other guy. Is that because they're zeroed in and it's all or nothing on like three, four guys? Or is that because it's hard to figure out who's actually looking at certain players and people sh- and and like fans shouldn't get too excited because the guy that they want is not attached yet to the White Sox because he might become attached to him in about a month or so.
3: Right. Yeah. I think based on what we've seen the last few winters, first off, Nothing moves fast anymore in free agency. So I wouldn't be surprised if we were once again waiting until January, February for major guys to sign. That just seems to be the way teams want to play things. They want to wait out free agents and hope that maybe uh, guys get desperate and their prices come down. And that has worked the last few seasons with a few guys. Uh, Yasmani Grandal, Mike Moussakis have signed one year deals worth uh, far less than I think they're actually, they should be valued at. Um, but, you know, I think, I think the difference again, is that those players will sign with teams they think have a legitimate playoff shot. And I don't know if the White Sox can make that same argument to those types of players. So I I think, you know, in, in a roundabout way, I guess to get back to kind of the first part of the question, um, I think it's important to kind of ask yourself why, why certain rumors leak right so we, we've heard the white Sox are interested in wheeler well where is that coming from is that coming directly from the white Sox? um is that coming from wheeler's agent is he trying to drum up interest among a lot of teams and start bidding war um, are the white Sox being completely honest when they say that to a reporter knowing that that person's going to put that out there so i, I can't give you a, a great definitive answer but i would I would just ask people to to think about that a little bit and and kind of come to your own conclusion on um why certain players get attached to certain teams.
0: Are there teams that handle things differently well, I know the answer is yes here, but i I mean, do you get the feeling that there are different teams that that handle rumors and off season uh, vastly differently from another organization? Like, are there just certain organizations you're always like, they play everything close to the vest, and then you're like, this other organization is like a ship with like 20 holes in the hull, and it's leaking everywhere. <laughs> I mean, like, like, do you get that feeling as a writer that, like, there's certain teams you could find out what's going on, and there's other teams you're like, yeah, no chance?
3: Uh, so yes and no. I mean, I think I, I can more give you teams where there's, there's almost no chance. Um, and, and, you know, Houston is notoriously tight-lipped and – uh, difficult to, to deal with, you know, they're, they're not going to tell you anything about their process, their process or what they're doing. Uh, honestly, I mean, the White Sox t- usually keep things fairly close to the best. You don't have I don't think there are a lot of national reporters I trust with White Sox rumors. Um, you know, the one guy who gets a lot of stuff is is Bob Nightingale, um, which is, is great sometimes and maybe less dependable other times. But I, I do think they do a fairly good job of, of playing things close to the vest. I think mostly if, if you're getting rumors at this point, it's probably coming from agents because um, it benefits them the most, right, to talk about what teams are on their player, to talk up their players. So generally, that's probably where a lot of these rumors are going to come from. And then obviously, you know, you'll have some reporters who have connections with teams, but I think yeah, in this specific case, like Houston, it's going to be tough to really get a lot out of. Um, and the White Sox, you're going to have to really be trusting with, with who you get that information from.
0: You know, it's interesting you just say that, and I hope that that, I, I want that to be true, because last year was weird. I, I remember I went to Sox Fest and I'm sitting in Kitty O'Shea's, and there's a couple other guys that are, you know, writers for the Sox or doing things that are around the Sox, covering the team, and we knew on day one, that the Sox felt like they had Jack Peterson in the bag to the point where <laughs> they were they were talking about it. Somebody on the team was talking so much that two or three different people in that bar were like, "Yeah, yeah, I heard that too." Like it was like one of those things that was like moving <laughs> through Soxfest like it was going to be announced, and then like within a week it was like all you people gave it up and screwed up our deal. So right. I I mean like I'm I'm hoping that that was the anomaly. And you're making me feel like that's an anomaly. Like they normally don't screw up that badly because somewhere along the line, they screwed up on that. All right. So before I let you go here, how long, I mean, White Sox fan, this is a crazy question. There's no way for you to know, but we just need comfort. We need somebody that's going to sit there and tell us it's going to be okay. How long do you think before we start to see the hot stove actually get hot? and that the Sox probably grab up somebody and add them onto their team. Like, w- are we waiting until 2020? you think something's going to happen here in in the last month and a half of the year?
3: I have to think, based on the last two years, we're waiting for 2020. I think it's just going to be a miserable, slow winter again. And things things always get quiet around mid-December because, obviously, everyone's you know ready to celebrate the holidays and not focused as much on baseball. And so I think January will roll around and – we'll see the market move a little more. So I wouldn't necessarily be discouraged if the, the socks don't make a signing this month or next month um, just based on the state of free agency right now.
0: So you're telling me if I want to spend my money I sh- and I'm trying to figure out, do I want to go cover the winter meetings or if <laughs> I want to go to spring training, you're like, go to spring
3: training. Yeah, I, I would be, uh, I would be nervous about the winter meeting thing. I, you know, I was talking to one of my colleagues last week about that and he, I think he was saying Andrew McCutchen was really the only signing that we that made an impact that we covered last year at the winter meeting. So it just has not had the same uh, impact and appeal for teams and players as as it has in the past. That's
0: Chris Swick. He is one of the Baseball Writers Association of America writers. He also writes for Yahoo Sports. And, uh, he writes about a lot of different things. I, I, have been flipping through a lot of your articles since we've started to get to know each other, Chris, uh, I've, I've enjoyed it when you ju- even the wrestling thing, like the, <laughs> the, when, when you get into the wrestling stuff, I'm like, I kind of, kind of, I want to hear more from Chris about wrestling. So really appreciate you coming on the program and sharing your thoughts with us.
3: Of course. And yeah, um, you know, I, I'll be glad to talk wrestling though. I haven't watched it since I was about 15. So if you want to reminisce <laughs> about, uh, Stone Cold, The Rock, and the People's Elbow. I'm, I'm all for that one day.
0: Yeah, that, I got myself, <laughs> I got myself caught watching Walking Tall with The Rock for about an hour today. Until I realized I was watching Walking Tall with The Rock for an hour, and I said, What am I doing? <laughs> yeah, I get sucked in every once in a while. Thanks a lot,
3: Chris. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate it. Anytime you need me.
1: Hey, this is Acoustic Mike from Broadcast Basement, and you're listening to Socks in the Basement with Chris and his buddy Dave. I did the Broadcast Basement with Chris for 10 years and nobody
0: gave me a show. I'd leave if I had anything else to do with my life. Remember, the Broadcast Basement is available everywhere podcasts can be found and always at BroadcastBasement.com. Chris Wick had
1: an amazing tweet, which Sots in the Basement shared, by the way. And I just, I laughed out loud when I read this, and, and it got me thinking. But anyway, here's the tweet. How to prepare for the White Sox in the offseason. Step one, think of your ideal, realistic solution at each position. Step two, look at free agent rankings at that position and lower your expectations by about five players. <laughs> Step three,
0: there's your guy. Now, you the, also have this to... This is exactly true with the Castellanos thing, yes. because if I, if I follow my yes. list of free agents in the outfield... Castellanos becomes the guy that they're targeting, so, so, following
1: Chris Zwick's theory. So Chris, here's the thing. I, this got me thinking a little bit, because what we have in our lifetime as White Sox fans experienced with White Sox free agency, you know how the Statue of Liberty says, uh, give me your tired, you're hungry, you're poor, when you first walk up to it? Yeah. The White Sox motto for free agency should be like that, but give me your old, you're broken, you're bad. Because that's what you're going to
0: get. You every fla- off you're a flash of the pan free agent that doesn't pan out. Because exactly. that was his big year, the one you're chasing his stats. You're not actually getting them. So I went to
1: just for fun after I saw that Chris Wick post. I went to MLB.com and I'm I'm gonna throw some predictions at you as far as who's gonna be patrolling right field, DH, and I got some really fun starting pitchers for you that would be so White Sox Ladies if and we signed them.
0: Negative, Dave's. 2020 white Sox free agent list all right negative so
1: first of all we're going to do what chris zwick says we're going to go down about five players so i'm looking at right fielders (laughs) right now we're going to go down about five players so we have said that reasonable options out there would be nicholas castellanos or cole calhoun those are the names that we have been you know that we've been hearing so i went down about five players i was like well you know they're probably going to make token offers to those guys, which will probably get turned down just so they can tell the fan base. Well, we went after Castellanos and Calhoun and you Twitter folk ruined all of it for us. Right. So that's it going to It was that damn socks in the basement podcast with their negativity. I would have got away with it. If not for those damn socks in the basement <laughs> podcast, <laughs> Twitter, those, those
0: two buddies sitting at their bar on the South side with a couple of microphones. They got it. They screwed it all up.
1: Now realize this. I'm going to add something to Chris Zwick's uh, list. Cross out anybody who's under the age of 32. Okay. Cross out anybody under the age of 32. Chris, I have got our guy. Okay, who's our guy? Matt Joyce in right
0: field. <laughs> He's not going to go get Matt Joyce? Matt Joyce, oh, you here. are you starting see, this is, right this fielder. Is, see, this is where you start to sound ridiculous. They'll do better than that. At worst, they're getting Corey Dickerson in, in right field. That's their worst case scenario. I do think that they will pursue Castellanos and either overpay for him or not get him and it, it'll be Cole Calhoun or Corey Dickerson as the as the consolation Chris, prize. Chris, they're not going to go Joyce, after Roswell. Matt
1: Choice is thirty five. Right. He's right up Kenny all right. Williams Alley. All right. He was great once. Find, you know find, what else?
0: He bats lefty. Find me negative. He da- bats lefty, buy, Chris. Find me negative Dave's starting pitcher that they're going after.
1: Well, there was a couple of them. First of all, I want to talk DH. Oh,
0: okay. So I forgot about negative Dave's <laughs> because DH.
1: the DH list. The, the the list of designated hitters just some is pretty herbal awesome. Herbal
0: and like just some alone time, maybe you'd feel better. You
1: like you some Kendrys Morales? Does he is he still alive? <laughs> yeah, he's still alive. <laughs> Thirty seven, dude. I bet you any money. He's a, no, he's not a lefty. He's a switch hitter. <laughs> Starting DH for your <laughs> 2020 <laughs> Chicago White Sox, ladies and gentlemen, Kendrys Morales. are not
0: gonna. You see, that's the thing. You're way too lucky. they're going to go and sign people. They may not be the people you want, but they're going. Kendrys, Look, Kendrys Morales is let me, people. Let me. Matt, let, Matt Joyce is people. Let me let you in on a little inside thing that's really just some smoke. But where there's smoke, sometimes there's fire. Oh boy. Over the past week, I've been exchanging some messages with Nick Hostetler okay. on the White Sox. Okay. <laughs> this is good. And um, with I'm not going to get into details about the messages we've been exchanging back and forth, but I we really like Nick. We talked about it before on the show. We liked what he did with his scouting. We liked what the White Sox have done in terms of what they're doing in the draft. We've had James Fox on who agreed with us on that. Um, We really like the move where he became an assistant to the GM because we believe that the White Sox don't fire people. And pro scouting needs some help now if they're going to actually go out and get people. So we're of the ilk that Nick Hostetler is going to be heavily involved in figuring out which guys the White Sox should be pursuing in free agency. this All right. year. I wanted to talk to him, and I asked him to come on the show, and, you know, he wrote a very nice thing back. and said he wasn't going to be able to do it, and I kind of took it as, like, a rejection letter, which I was kind of annoyed with. And then, I so I wrote him back. I'm like, I hope you consider us, blah, blah, blah. And he basically wrote back, he knows who we are. He thinks we're doing great. And he will come on the show, okay. but now is not the time. And the way he kind of explained it, because I don't have it sitting in front of me and I don't want to quote what he's saying, I get the feeling that he's knee-deep in stuff and he doesn't want to give away anything about what the Sox are doing. Chris Zwick is of the belief that the White Sox really don't like to give up things. And that was an anomaly last year when they screwed up more than the regular thing. They're not as tight-lipped as the Astros but they also try their hardest not to give out things. And I think Hassettler in his new position may also be almost leading that charge. Like, Hey, shut up. Now he can't (laughs) shut. He can't shut Williams up. No. no. Williams is like that kid. Like the smartest thing they could do is say, Hey, Kenny, our plan is JD Martinez. We're going to make a deal for him. Okay. And you focus on that, Kenny, and then let Kenny go on that wild goose chase and they never go after JD Martinez, but give him that to talk about. Well, the big boys do the work over here. Okay. That's what I kinda hope is going on. But that was my my so, feeling is after exchanging messages with him, things are happening. He he doesn't want to come on and us ask him a question and him get kind of trapped into giving something understood. away. Because you know how we kind of pick things apart to try to figure out what people are really saying. He probably doesn't want to do an interview with us, and then we sit there for a few minutes and go, I think this is what he's saying, and we nail it. So so, I, that's, so, that's the, so he's waiting so on I, us. I didn't get to I didn't get to starting
1: pitchers. Now, there are a lot of starting pitchers that are on the market, um, many of which are, well, some of which are just not very realistic options for the White Sox, nor uh, would they spend up the, the money or the years to get them. But I got a few names here for you that I'm thinking you probably would see in a White Sox uniform. You know, you got, uh, you
0: got Cole Hamels down here at 36 years old. He's already said he wants to go to a contender that can make it to the playoffs. All
1: right, well then so scratch So I him think out. he'll scratch the socks okay. because
0: we're, we haven't proven <laughs> anything yet with that. You got
1: some... Uh, Gio Gonzalez, Chris. How about Gio that? Gio Gonzalez
0: would be a viable fourth starter for this team. Some people have included him when they call us up and give us their offseason plans as one of the guys the White Sox could go out and get on the cheap and add into that rotation while we're trying to figure out what's going on with Lopez how about some clay buckholds chris you want you some Again, clay buckles? he's still alive no yes. I, 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 I i
1: hey man coop can fix him coop, coop can fix all these guys all you
0: need to do is teach him a cutter
1: no but here's the thing here's the here's the chris here is the one here's the one that i guarantee you if Kenny Williams has any say-so in this whatsoever, you will see in a White Sox uniform
0: in 2020. Drum roll, please, Felix Hernandez. Remember, 708-459-8406 is the number you can call if you ever want to leave us a message. You can follow us on social media at Sox in the Basement on Twitter. There's the Socks in the Basement Instagram. There is Socks in the Basement, a Facebook page. Follow all those things, but most importantly, make sure you subscribe to the show. Some fun stuff going on this offseason, including our new weekend interview series. From time to time, when we have a guest on. There is an extended portion of the interview where we do a deep dive. There's a lot of stuff that Chris Zwick and myself talked about, and that will all be out the complete interview on Saturday on the Socks in the Basement podcast feed. So make sure you are subscribed so you don't miss it. There's more Chris Zwick so for it's you. a bonus show. Yes, I, we're going to do that in the offseason. I said That's we were going to awesome. do that. So on Saturday on the exact same feed, you're going to get the entirety of that interview. So you'll hear the little bit that we put on this show, plus much, much more with Chris Zwick, BBWA writer, writer for Yahoo Sports He is going to be on there, so make sure that you are subscribed. That's Dave. I'm Chris. He has no hope. I have some hope. (laughs) He's probably not getting Disney Plus to watch The Mandalorian because he hates Star Wars. No, I am, actually. I am am going to watch The Mandalorian.
1: Well, the problem I'm having is I'm not sure if it's available yet for Samsung smart TVs, which is what I have. Oh, well, so then you screwed then. I, I'm going to have to... Available on I, PlayStation 4. When I go home... Uh, yeah, but I'm getting a PS5 next year when it comes out. You're going to wait a whole year, huh? I am going to wait a... Well, no, but I mean, if Dis, look, if Disney Plus isn't available for Samsung, I'll just go pop for $50 Roku. No big deal. But I'm, I'm kind of waiting to see what they do there, so... I but like, but I like, yeah, no. I like, how, I like dude, how you spend your money. Listen, like fifty
0: dollar cool. Roku. Dave, no big deal.
1: Dave Filoni, man, he's running the show. It's at on, uh, Star Wars TV, so I'm excited about that. So yes, I am. I will be. Uh, I will be watching. What I won't be watching? MLB Network for White Sox free agent news because ain't nothing going to happen. <laughs> Mad Joyce, book it. <laughs> Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in
3: the basement. Socks in the basement. Heard everywhere Podcasts podcast can be found. And always on SocksInTheBasement.com.